0: You are now listening to Between Us Girls, the podcast, where we discuss life's fuckeries and then some over wine. Sharonda. And this
1: is Between Between Us
2: Girls.
1: And if you've stumbled upon our show by mistake, we appreciate you staying tuned in to the really serious listeners of our show. We appreciate you continuing to listen. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'm not sure why we're whispering it. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. It was like a (laughs) creepy thing. Like, thank you. That's Sharonda. Yes. Being a weirdo. Yes. If you are a regular listener, you should be a patron as well. You should be a supporter and friend of the show. Uh, you can go to patreon.com backslash between us girls, and you can always donate. We appreciate all donations. You have like a Marco Polo thing. uh um- Going
2: on right now. Wait, Marco Marco Spoon.
1: spoon. Marco Spoon. I was like Marco Bolo. We're not in a
0: swimming pool right right now, and my eyes are open. A Marco
2: Spoon thing going on right now.
1: Quiet storm. Hey, I never thought I would be able. Yes. Okay. Well, you can find us on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) You can. Between Us Girls, The Podcast. Instagram, Between Us Girls Podcast. Twitter, at Girl Talking Wine. This week, our fan of the week is Krista. Kr- Crystal? Crystal. Sorry. <laughs> I know her. I don't even know how the to Crystal Bella Love. That's not even her name, but. I mean, that's the name that we know her by. So that's our name on that's Facebook. That's her Facebook name. Hey, boo. <laughs> and she has been a listener for. Gosh, it's, since the beginning. Yes,
2: yeah, since the very beginning, she has been an avid listener, supporter of the show. Right. Like we really appreciate you for tuning in every week. Yep. I yes, we do. Such an avid she yeah, yeah, she listens She's every so week. Awesome. Top listener. She's always on sound. Yeah.
1: Oh, shut Ooh. up! She's Thanks always so. right behind Patrick. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. I mean, it, <clears throat> that's one thing that kind of keeps us going. Is looking at that and being like, you know what? People are actually listening. And I haven't looked at SoundCloud in a couple of hours. We might be at our mark. No, I think we are at our mark already. I think we've hit the 10,000
2: total uh, downloads. Woo-hoo! Shut the fuck
1: up. Oh, wow. yes. uh, we are so fucking popular and famous. We're awesome. <laughs> fuck that. We're
0: awesome. You hoes can't see us.
1: I mean, oh my God. Or be, us. <laughs> see us or be us. Or be us. Yeah. <laughs> We here. Okay. I mean, but this is great. Like we wouldn't, I mean, what if it wouldn't? We wouldn't have $10,000 if it was just us listening. Yeah. We, we do have like for what, you. 12? 12. <laughs> a kidding. couple of times, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> maybe 60, 68. So yeah, thank you guys so oh much. God, thank I mean, you so yes.
0: much. Seriously.
1: <sighs> I might cry. Oh my god, please oh stop Lord.
2: it. Okay. I mean All right, from so, the beginning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> humble
1: beginnings. Man. Yes, <laughs> and another thing is we actually won uh like a what was that? Like a pod echo. Thingy. Oh god. You and oh, I just looked pole. at it. the um, poll. Yeah, right? we won a yeah, poll. We did. We won a poll on Twitter for best podcasts. Of the
2: week. Weekly, it was a weekly
1: showcase. That's yeah. what it was. It was yeah. a week,
2: uh, uh, pod echoes weekly showcase. We won that. Yeah.
1: Yes. Thank you guys. Yeah. We so,
0: appreciate so that. Thank you
1: all for voting for us on that. That's Fucking really rock, man. Yeah. Thanks you for voting too. and thanks for listening. Now go uh, support <laughs> Patreon. Uh, Sharonda, what are we sipping on?
0: We are sipping on Kotuku.
3: Okay. That one is sound right.
2: It's a wine that was given to us by Danielle.
1: Franklin Battle. Battle, yes.
0: Thank you, Danielle. I want to, like, do a. Like a spear dart. Oh, my it. god <laughs> Yeah, when you just, see it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I'm just joking. Fuck. It does feel
1: very roots, doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? Yeah. It's Zulu. So, it's so kizzy like the fuck. It's Shut so up. kizzy. <laughs> I don't like this bitch.
0: <laughs> I love the show. Okay, anyway, so the vintage on this one, guys, is a 2014 and it's my favorite grape of all, the Pinot Noir. And it's out of New Zealand, so we will let you know at the end of the show if we like it or not.
1: Okay. So before we tell you if it's good or not, we're gonna rate the wine. No, we're not. <laughs> uh based on appearance, aroma, body, finish, and taste. Scores go from zero to infinity. Because we're <laughs> and us. beyond what and it's supposed to be a cumulative score of 100, but it'll be something be crazy because it's going to be crazy. Okay. This is Jeopardy. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, it sounded it like this, it. You were going there. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Loki, but this is like a serious episode. Oh no, it isn't. I'm sorry.
0: Please forgive me.
1: It's supposed to be. It will be. Okay. So this is our domestic violence episode. And we've got two guests, so you're gonna hear stories from Shantae and Christina, and then you might cry. If you cry, it's okay. We will wrap you in our arms and love you. Um, According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in three women have been victims of some form of physical violence. And one in four women have been victims of severe physical violence by an intimate partner. Um, women between the ages of 18 and 24 are most commonly abused. Our guest, Shantae, in 2016, met what she believed to be a great guy. The two shared what she called a whirlwind romance in the beginning. And the romance later erupted into an emotionally abusive relationship, which she says was pure hell for almost a year. Shantae, can you tell us a little bit about how you guys met?
4: Well, basically, um, you know, met a fabulous guy, I thought, through social media. We kind of had a a whirlwind of a long-distance relationship. Um, Everything was great. He was all uh, ever dreamed of, or so I thought. Um, Eventually, you know, we decided that we wanted to be together. And so we moved he was he moved from Austin to Houston, which you know he used to live here, but he was residing in Austin at the time and so when we moved in together, things were great in the beginning. you know he worked, I worked, he helped me with my kids it was it was like a fairy tale it it really was, but then eventually, I started noticing little things that at first, I thought it was kind of cute, you know how he would just kind of call and check up on me and um, see where I was, uh, what I was doing. But eventually, those things started escalating to you not where you say you are, um, video calls trying to you know show me your surroundings, uh, name calling, and you know things like that. And you know I didn't. I started. Like, I didn't know who I was dealing with anymore. I didn't know who this guy was. And what happened is one day he lost his job. And I guess at that point he felt trapped. And he had to tell me that he had a drug problem. And me being this naive person about how to deal with an addict, you know, I maybe I was his enabler. I was like, well, I can help you. I couldn't help him because things got worse. They got out of hand. Um, We basically were going to have a baby. And, you know, he would leave and be gone like two days. Or he would spin up our rent. He would pawn our TV. But he would come home and come all through the house looking in closets and everything. I know you have somebody in here. And, you know, he just was very verbally abusive to me. Eventually, I almost was trained. Like, so when I would call him and I would say, oh, I'm here, I'm or I'm leaving, it's 5.05, I'm leaving. And if I was late, 10 minutes, he, where you been? Who you been with? I know you been with somebody else. And, you know, it, eventually I got tired of it because I had never gone through that. And, you know, I had my kids. And so I started not really fearing for my life, but really just being sick of the things that were going on my kids were you know noticing this and I had a nine-year-old and you know she was fearful and my oldest and him would basically fight back and forth and a lot of things just got out of hand and I just I couldn't take it anymore you know it's like you have your kids and you know you know that this stuff is not right you shouldn't deal with it But at the same time, you know, like I said, I was having a baby, and I needed that support, and he was great at that. When he wasn't on drugs, he was great. But when he was on drugs, my God, he was like a totally different person. And so just one day after him binging and spending up the daycare money and the rent money, I locked him out. And I told him, no, you can't come back here. This this is it. I mean, my finances started suffering. My kids started suffering. I started suffering, letting myself go. That's not a, that's not me. And so no, I locked him out. He threw a suitcase through my window and it was definitely over at that point. What type so of was, things was, did he say to you? Oh, he would call me all kind of like bitches and hoes and sluts and You know, he would say foul things to me, um, you know, like in the sexual manner. And I'm like, wow. You know, those were not things that he, when I met him, he didn't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. You know, he would just say, you know, you ain't nothing but a hoe. And there would be no reason. I never gave him a reason to think, feel, or suspect that I was messing around. I wasn't. He was just delusional, like
2: crazy. (laughs) And when did the abuse begin in you guys'
4: relationship? Probably about, um, I'm gonna say it started last July. And that's when he told me that, you know, he had a drug problem.
1: About how long into y'all's relationship was that?
4: That was about a year into the relationship.
1: Okay, so he was uh, just a little bit controlling. And then once he lost his job and kind of didn't have money to get his drugs, he started being real abusive, right? Correct. So do you think that if he didn't have a drug problem, he would have behaved, you know, normally?
4: I, I can't even answer that because I've lived with this now for so long. I don't know that if, you know, the person I met when he was in Austin was who he was pretending to be or if this little bit of psychoticness is who he was all the time. He had his times when he was very sweet, little you know, just attentive. And I'm not going to take away from him and say that he's not a good father. He's a great father. It's just that when he had, you know, the drugs in the system, I mean, he was just totally different. So I don't really know. I don't really know who I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. I don't know if if he pretended, you know, he can be whoever you want to be in Austin. I mean, I would travel back and forth. He traveled back and forth. But still, you know, there were periods when we didn't see each other. So I didn't know. I don't know who, who he is. And what was
2: the breaking point for you that said, you know, I can't do this anymore, like,
4: I have to leave? Oh, when he threw the suitcase through my window. Mm. He threw a suitcase through my window because I locked him out of the house. Um, and the window he threw it in happened to be my son's window. Mm. And sometimes our baby is in that room. So, you know, one of my kids could have gotten hurt. Right. And that was after
1: he spent the money,
4: right? Right. Oh, yeah. He he went on, like, a binge for, like, two days and just spent up, you know, the money. What
1: kind mm -hmm. of drugs is, is he or does he take?
4: Well, he would tell me that it was cocaine, but I have neighbors that are now coming up to me saying, oh, it was crack, it was crystal meth, so who knows? I don't know what all he was doing.
1: Yeah, because let's see, the rent and the daycare money—that's like what at least two thousand dollars.
4: Well, a little over because daycare alone is yeah. four hundred.
1: So you're not—you're not just putting that up your nose. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like, There's
3: no, oh no,
4: that's—I mean, even that is—that's nothing compared to his ink Just about his entire income tax going up his nose. No. Oh wow.
2: So, what do you have to say to women that are currently going through this situation?
4: You know, it, first of all, you know, even though things are great or whatever, don't ignore little signs. You know, when he starts, you know, acting as if, oh, you got to report in, that's a sign. You know, if you have to report your every move, you can't go to the restroom you can't go into the other room that's a big sign mm-hmm. you know if, he, if he's going through your your personal social media stuff and even though you know maybe you don't have a password but he, that still does not give him the right to go through your personal business and then use your pass and say oh you did this this that that's a sign pick up on the, the little signs and, you know pay attention to who you're dealing with Learn who you're dealing with. Don't just, you know, oh, we're so in love and then be so in a hurry to, you know, move in and get married and this, that, and the other. Right. Figure out who you're dealing with first.
1: So what advice would you give to a woman who's ready to leave? Don't
4: hesitate. Pick up and leave. Even if you have to take everything or nothing, if you just leave with the clothes that's on your back, if you have a good friend or somebody... Some kind of support system get out and don't look back do not look back because you know some people change but for the most part they don't they don't they'll change for you know a, a, a period of time a small period of time but they revert back to it
1: there are many stories like shantae's around the world she's lucky the abuse never turned physical however that wasn't the case for our next guest christina Christina was a victim of verbal and emotional abuse that turned physically violent once she found out about her ex's many affairs and decided to leave. During the time which Christina was filing for divorce, her ex forced himself upon her while their daughter was in the next room. Christina, thank you for joining us and sharing your story.
3: Thanks for having me. You're welcome, dear.
1: So can you tell us how the two of you met and what you were initially attracted to?
3: Uh, Well... (laughs) We met, uh I was in a relationship uh, for two years and, you know, ended that. And a friend of mine <clears throat> said, hey, let's go to my homeboy's house. Went over there. He was like, oh, man, you perfect for my cousin. I said, man, I ain't, I'm not into no dudes. I'm in college. I'm just trying to get my shit together. Can I go? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he called his cousin, came over there, and I was just like, oh. I ain't attracted to him, so we was playing dominoes. I said, well, I'm going to whoop his ass on dominoes, though. <laughs> so, played uh, three games, dominoes, one, each one. He's just like, you know, let me take you out. Right? I was like, eh, nah, because he was short, and uh, uh, he had a lot of girth, so I say. <laughs> Dad and body. He had, like, more booty, and, you know, he was just real feminine built, you know. Oh, he, he thick he and shit. Good. Yeah, man, he, hips. he just yeah, his man booty. Hips. I mean, I don't really have no, but he he had like booty for me. He had the ass you know, in that relationship. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and he was the ass in relationship. Okay. But anywho, um, but we was uh, friends for the longest, and then he just like you know let's date, and you know I'm that type of girl. I don't care if I ain't attracted to you or not. If I fall in love with your personality, I'm hooked. So. Right. We we hooked up, I think, a few times, was, you know, casual. But it transitioned into a relationship. So we was together for, um, give or take, 11, 12 years. Oh. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So when
0: did, like, your abuse begin? And, like, what did he, like, do?
3: Well, he, what, what, I, I know now um, that it was just signs of insecurity. But he would, yeah. I would go out all the time. I was, I think, nineteen when I met him. So I would always, you know, go out and yeah. party and things like that. And he didn't really do that. And his, he would always make comments like, "Oh, you gonna wear that? Oh no, you you ain't gonna wear that." Or, "Oh, why you did? Why you looking like this? Or why your hair is like that?" And you know, it was just like uh, little, little subtle shit. things. But me being so young and wanting to make him happy, I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to not wear this maybe Mm. i need to not do that so it was kind of like a brainwashing type of thing um and then it got to
0: like passive aggressive yes
3: yes so you know it was just manipulation i can see hindsight better now than foresight it was just a control thing and the older we got the more um I guess the more abusive as far as emotional and mental to the point where I was just like, okay, I don't know if I'll be able to actually take care of myself and my child if I live. I'm not happy, but I'm comfortable. You know, I I worked, but I didn't have to pay no bills. That money I earned was my money. I had a standing, like we said before, I had standing appointments, uh, hair appointments, nail appointments, could buy whatever I wanted to buy, shop, It money wasn't a problem, but that's all, I didn't have that partner that I thought I had, you know, from that best friend that we had, uh, originally, we didn't talk, come home to a pretty house that I decorated, but you have two grown people that's not talking to each other, or, you know, you gotta go and go through the phone and try to guess the password and and you know, it's just unnecessary shit. So, um, I think I drew the line. I guess I had a conversation with my oldest sister, and I'll never forget. We're not emotional. I don't come from an emotional background. None of my sisters are emotional people. But we would have weekly conversations, and our weekly conversation. She said, "Are you happy?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course, girl. You know, I'm going on this trip, and I'm going here, I'm going." And she's like, "No, are you really happy?" Because it don't sound like you happy. You don't look happy. And I don't think that you I think you know that you're not happy. And when it hit me, I cried and I don't I'm not a crier at all. But I cried and I was like, man, you know what? I'm not I'm not happy. So she said now you need to make preparations to leave. You know, we all got that woman intuition and everything. I kept praying because I was a praying woman. I was in church all the time, and I was like, you know what, God? Just something don't seem right. Show me whatever you need me to see. And I had a dream the night before that I was cooking, and I looked at uh, I looked at my tablet because we shared laptops and tablets and everything. So just like the dream the night before, it was New Year's Day, frying fish, and something said, look at his tablet. Look at your tablet. Girl, open your tablet. So I opened it up. And it's a, a, a DM or message, whatever you want to call it. And it was a, a pregnancy test. So I was like, okay, self, why would a woman be sending your husband a pregnancy test? So all I said was, I called because he wasn't there. I called and said, I need you to drop my daughter off. I need you to come home. Well, what's going on? I just need you to come home. That's it. He came home. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask one time, and then that's it. Are you fucking somebody else? And he was just like, oh, no. I said, okay. You know how God asks questions to us in the Bible when he already knows the answer? He just oh, going to ask us just to see if we're going to tell the truth. He talking like, yeah. So what that what is that picture? And I'm showing it to him, and he's just like, man, that's a lie. That's a lie. I don't even care. You know what? I could throw this hot-ass fish grease on your ass right now, <laughs> but I ain't finna go to jail for your ass. So, I, like a woman, like an adult, I told him, you know, you need to leave. And he's like, oh, well, let's talk. You don't want to leave? I'll leave. So, I told him the next day, I'm going to start the process of the divorce. You want to be single? You do you, boo. I'm do me. You're going to do you, and we're going to be good. So... Fast forward, he was on his "Take Me Back" tours, what I call it. He was "Take Me Back" tour? <laughs> was, I love He it. was selling those tickets, but nobody wolf, was buying them. Yo, he was selling them wolf tickets, yes. honey. Oh, wolf tickets. He found Jesus, <laughs> didn't he? He he joined church. Now, out of eleven years of trying to get you to come to church, <clears throat> I ain't going no damn church. I ain't. I'm, I'm. Oh, hallelujah! I Tripped wanna give and fell on my on Jesus. I wanted have y'all ever seen The Witches of East Week when uh yes. Jack Nicholson walked in. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love that movie. That was how he was. You walk up in there, I just
2: let's back up for a minute. What type of things would he say to you that was oh. like verbally
3: oh, abusive? Please. Like he okay. Now when I met him, I dropped out of college because my mom was sick. Uh, She had counts for the second time. So this was aggressive. And I made the decision of uh, dropping out of school to be her full-time caregiver. So in this point, that's why I told him we'd be friends. And he understood as far as my mom, but I can vaguely remember maybe six months, seven months after she passed away. That's when it hit me. I didn't really grieve because I was, you know preoccupied not trying to be in my feelings and all this kind of stuff after she passed away. Mm-hmm. um, So it just hit me and I was just depressed and, you know, going through the grieving process. And he's just like, you ain't over it yet. Wow. Oh. I'm just like, well, damn, I didn't know I was supposed to be over it that it's quick. I, I'm trying to tell you, or either he'll tell me, um, you know, you lucky to be with a man like me because
0: God, was he a Leo? He
3: was a fucking Capricorn. <laughs> and I'm a Capricorn. Are you serious? Oh my he um, he would just tell me, you know, you, you'll never be anything, you know, without me. You'll never be able to take care. Of, would no man want to be with a woman and take care of another man's kid? And you'll never be able to sustain on your own. You need me. And he was saying so much that it was basically tattooed in my head. Like, damn, you ain't going to be – you don't make enough. You're not going to be able to – pay rent you're not gonna be able to uh pay a car note and pay this and and have everything weighed on you so it it, i mean it it got to the point where i start feeling and questioning myself like i'm not worth um value i don't have any value Mm -hmm. um he would tell me you know as far as my appearance i i used to have long you know relaxed hair and i said you know what i'm tired of this i want to cut my hair oh you'll be ugly with, with short hair did he ever call you names oh uh, yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of names what, what kind of stuff did he oh. say
3: i mean you know the oh you a you a bitch you a hoe you a slut you remember you was fucking all these niggas you you was a hoe when i met you and i'm like really i was a hoe oh okay i didn't fuck you for like five months but i was a hoe okay Um, he would talk about my family, you know, throw their names in there. Oh, your family ain't shit. Um, all your family, your sisters is bitches. Your sister's trash. Uh, your daddy is a sorry nigga. All of y'all are sorry excuses for adults. I mean, he would talk about his own mama. So did he try to like seclude you from? Oh, yes.
0: Yes. Your family?
3: Yes. Divide and conquer. Yes. Anytime, because uh, I have a twin sister. I, we have two older sisters, but I'm closest, obviously, to my twin sister. And, I mean, he would read her like it ain't no tomorrow. In her face? In her face, uh, behind her back, yes. Whenever she'll come over, oh, God damn. Like, he would be so obvious and obnoxious. He'll walk in and she she's like, hey, how you doing? Man, I'd be upstairs. Like, you don't want to interact with my family. Oh, please. My family way better than your family, and mm-hmm. you come from shit. Y'all ain't shit. We got money. Y'all don't. And it, it's just stupid, oh ignorant, insecure mm-hmm. bullshit. bullshit. Mm-hmm. But at the time, yeah. I didn't know that's what it was.
2: So at what point did he become physically abusive?
3: Well, I know that after I filed for you know divorce and I started dating, then that's when he was on his take me back tour, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and he was because he worked out of town, but he would come maybe like every two weeks um to see our daughter, and then he'll come over. Cause I mean, we had a, a town home together. Mm-hmm. Your name on it just like mine. But, you know, one incident, he was just like, you know, let's just have sex. And I was like, I don't wanna fuck you. You've been you got community dick. I don't I don't ah. fuck with community dick. So he was just like, <laughs> um, well, let's talk. Okay, we could talk all day. And anybody who know me know it's a certain way I sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And I guess it's easy access the way that I sleep. And, you know, long story short, he talking and you trying to do certain things that you know I like sexually. And I'm like, nope, get off of me, get off of me. And then you just <laughs> basically force yourself on me. And he knew. I, I've taken birth control since I was 19 but he knew I stopped because obviously I'm not having sex. I'm going through a divorce. I'm not interested in fucking nobody else. Um, But, you know, he forced himself on me and because I know my daughter is in the next room, I can't do nothing but lay there and take the shit. And I'm crying and I'm just like, you looking at me like you see that you hurting me. Like, how much are you going to fucking hurt me to be happy? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, and I remember a week before and again I say it's that uh, woman intuition um, I I left work early because I was supposed to go to the courthouse to actually um, get him served with the papers but I didn't make it in time to go so I told him hey I will serve him the papers biggest fucking mistake but anywho came home from work he was there and I told him you know next week I'ma draw up them papers. So, you know, you need to find somewhere else to stay, you know. You're not welcome in his house no more. I mean, cause he obviously wasn't welcome after he raped me. I told him, you know, you would never be able to come in here. If you come in his house, I'll go get a hotel. But you ain't gonna ever fucking put your hands on me. Not in a sexual way. Right. So I remember he he I don't know, we was arguing about something and he was just on his on his take me back tour he went on a hunger strike so it was like 30 days that he didn't eat uh. oh my god <laughs> i'm sorry uh, it's So you're going to starve to death. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> like he would tell me that. And I said, because he was in, you know, in, in Cleveland. I was like, man, this nigga lying. It's fat ass nigga. No, he eating. <laughs> but every time he would come back, he was smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'm like, damn, is this nigga really not eating? Yeah. And this particular time, he was, uh, he was like, don't leave. Don't leave. We need to work this out. Take me back. Like, I'm going to kill myself if okay. you don't be with me.
0: All right. <laughs> Bye. So you need to cut this way,
2: I said, and
3: not so this way. How you gonna kill yourself? I know me how you gonna kill yourself? You gonna take some pills or you gonna slit or you gonna shoot yourself? Which way are you doing it? Right. So he after he's saying I'm not mudging, he on his hands and knees and I'm like it off of me. And then all of a sudden he just get, you know, aggressive and push me on the uh the couch and hold me down to the point where you You scratched my face and my neck, and he trying to kiss me, but I guess your teeth got in the way, or you trying to bite me. I don't know. How the fuck? (laughs) Let me find out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is when you finally got off of me, and I, I left, I'm looking, I'm like, my face is burning. I got bite marks on oh one side. God. I got scratches in my face and my neck. And I'm just like, damn, he did all this shit? Like, what the fuck? Are you a woman? You That's what it sounds like. He's a bitch. <laughs> yes, I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> um, the next day, um, he came t- to town, and I told him, you know, you you, you got to find somewhere else to stay tonight. And he was like, well, look. I, and I actually laid the papers out. I said, here, these are the papers. I'm going to work. And he was like, um. Well, if it's any consolation for you, can I spend the night, just this one night, I'll stay in our daughter's bedroom, because I don't know when the next time I'm going to see her. So that that should have struck something in my head, but I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go against my better judgment, go on stage, but you better not come in my room. At, by no means, don't come in my fucking room. So he was like, okay, cool. And... I know at that time, I, I used to sing. I sing in church, but I used to sing, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I was starting back singing because that was a passion of mine. Met up with a guy. He had a band. And that night, went to rehearse. The first rehearsal we finna perform this weekend. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in the house, and he's just sitting there. You had fun? I said, uh-huh. So you got a show? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. It was maybe about two, three, four in the morning, and all of a sudden, like, I sleep hard. I don't hear shit. Unless you touch me, I don't hear nothing. And he was calling my name, obviously I didn't hear, it, and he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, what's your password on your cell phone? What? And I was well, like, you ain't a bitch what ass. the fuck are you in here for? Nigga, it's 3 in the why is you worried about what my password is? What's your password on your cell phone? I said, why? I want to know what's your password. What's your password? I mean, he hollering. And this is in, in the dark, so I can't even see you. And he's two feet tall, so hilarious. Right? it's an
0: angry midget in the corner. Well,
3: <laughs> well, I'm short. He was maybe maybe about three, four inches taller than me. So, you know, he about maybe five, six, five, seven. A midget
0: in the corner. Yeah.
3: Anchor. A bitch midget. But anywho. Ooh. A
0: bitch, um, <laughs> A bidget.
3: <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, you know when you, somebody wake you up and you startled and shit, you like, wait, what the fuck? What is going on? But he was just like, what's your password? And I was like, nigga, you want my password? And I told him the password. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, can I go back to bed? Like, are you getting right. a fucking award or a cookie or something? And instantly, he was just like, you bitch, you fucking talking to other niggas. Oh. You got other niggas in my house. Um, first off, this is my place. Mm. I-, I paid the rent. Secondly, you have been fucking America. You have been fucking communities. <laughs> what Sit about the
0: America. baby?
3: America. <laughs> the baby. Oh, that was uh, the girl. Either she had an abortion or either it was a lie. I could never get the truth out of that situation. But it doesn't that, even matter. It, that's like, what I'm saying. It didn't matter. I, I could care less. Whatever. <laughs> so, so
1: how did you guys finally end it? Like, how did you finally get away from him? Well, shit, this was
3: the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to... This was the end. Um, you know, he, he woke me out of my sleep and, and basically punching and pulling and all this kind of shit. And I was just like, nigga. Wait, is this, am I still dreaming, or is this shit for yeah, real? real, yeah. And he was just like, you know, oh, you bitch, uh, I'm going a, I'm to a fuck you up. You think you so pretty, huh? You think you so cute. No, all bitch, these, you do. Mm, all these men, all the, oh, you so pretty. You so this. I'm going to fuck you up to the point where ain't no man going to want to be with you. Oh, and I was just like, if you do this. I And I, I remember I, I specifically told him, it was like maybe five punches in. I said, look. If you stop now, I ain't even going to call the cops. But if you hit me one more time, you better motherfucking kill me because I'll be your worst enemy. And he was just like, bitch, you can't do shit. So, obviously, he bigger than me, and I'm still asleep. I'm still laying in the bed sleep. Ain't no light on. He end up cutting the light on. I mean, the whole nine y'all punching me, uh, poking me, slapping me. Um, we we had a two story town home, and I had the um, uh, what you call them Sen- Senegalese twist mm-hmm. in my hair. You pulled my fucking twist, mm-hmm. my hair my braids everywhere. I was real pissed at that shit, but cause I paid two hundred fifty dollars for the motherfucking braids. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, you drag me down the stairs, and uh, he go in the kitchen get the knives. You try to stab me, and. The whole nine yard, like you, you really whooping my ass, like I'm a nigger, and I'm just like, do you feel good about this? Like, if you wanted to fight me, at least give me a fair shot. Let me put on some clothes. Let me put on my bra. Right. Matter of fact, let me get let me grab my glasses, um, and, and and let me stand on my feet. So wait, did did he stab you? Mm-hmm. He he pulled a knife from you. Where did he stab you at? Oh, my chest and my arm. But he didn't go deep. I don't know why he didn't go deep. I was just like, like he was trying if to you scratch gonna you do with it, the knife.
1: he's a bitch. He ass. was trying to slash you more than he was trying to do the blood.
0: It was probably for the show or just the blood. Just to try to That's freak what I'm saying. I'm out. like, if
3: you was gonna do it, do the shit. I mean so, not, I'm glad you didn't do it, but yeah. But in that moment,
2: did you think that he was going
3: to kill you? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because it, even looking at him, he was not the same dude. He looked like a di- like he, his face looked different it when was he was totally di he was like he was somebody else. He possessed. became somebody mm-hmm. else. That motherfucking devil is real. real. Mm. And I remember he I he had my phone because I had two cell phones. Because he fucking I mean he was in everything. That motherfucker was inspect. You know how they say women are inspectors? That nigga figure everything out. And I laid it out for him. Shit, I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm done with you. Right. So I had, you know, my backup cell phone. And that's why he was asking what my password is, because he had both of my cell phones. Mm. Um. So, you know, he pulled them apart, threw them out, and he said he was leaving. So I was like, well, damn nigga, can you give me one of my motherfucking phones so I so can call he, for help? So he
2: just decided to leave on his own? like
3: he just- Well, after he beat the shit out of me and strangled me, then he was just like, bitch, I'm done with you. Oh, okay. oh, wow. So, he was leaving. So, I was like, cool, you gone. Cool. But can you throw me one of my motherfucking phones back so I can call the cops on your ass? Hmm. And I guess, you know, when I said some shit like that, then, you know, that made him real mad. And I thought he was leaving. He threw the phone out in the bushes, but I thought he was leaving because he did leave. He cranked his car up. So, when I been down to get it, I hit the car stop, and this motherfucker charging me back into the... So, I'm trying to run... Remind you I ain't got no clothes on. Okay. Oh, you're naked. I ain't got no clothes on. <laughs> you didn't give me a chance to go put nothing on. I ain't got no clothes on, but I'm, wow. I'm outside, ass naked. Okay. I wow. mean, it's three, four in the morning. Ain't nobody outside anyway. But still. Still. Mm-hmm. Um. So you charging me, and I'm like, shit. Let me try to run up in here, and before I can run and close the door, he charged the door and he pushed me. We had a long hallway. He pushed me down that, and then he was like, "Bitch, you gonna die tonight." And he, that's the last thing I remember. He strangled me, and I blacked out. I don't know how long I blacked out. But when I woke up, my daughter, I think she was, what, four or five at the time. She was upstairs. She heard all of it. Wow. Um, but she was standing over me crying, and my front door wide open. And I didn't know, you so know. So he just left you on the floor. Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if she showed up before he left. Like, when he was
3: about to... Well, I, you know, I took her to, to counseling and therapy, and she later did, she later said that she heard everything, but she was too scared to come out. Um, But she heard him, and she's just like, you know, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't want y'all two together. And this is a four or five-year-old yeah. saying this. Yeah. That wow. all we, all she knew was us, together. So when I told her, I set her down, you know, before when I filed for divorce, I said, look, things going to be different. She's like, I don't want y'all to get divorced. I want y'all to be together. But after that, she's like, no, no, I don't want y'all together. It's probably too,
2: way too scary for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's safe to say that that was your breaking
3: point. You damn right. <laughs> you motherfucking right. <laughs> but it, the, the, the reason why I can laugh at it is because even though your mission was to break me, You You ain't do shit. Like, yeah, you made me stronger. Mm -hmm. You made me more stronger than what I thought I was.
0: Found strength you never even knew you had. So
3: what
2: advice would you give to anybody
3: that's going through this? Or, like, what signs would you say to look for? Look for every fucking sign. When somebody subtly raise their voice or subtly makes a, a sarcastic joke, take that shit seriously. Mm-hmm. That's why to this day I don't like no fucking man standing over me. If we talking and having a conversation, if I'm sitting, motherfucker, you need to sit down too. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I'm serious. How like you Sit your st- ass that, down. I'd be like, um, are we finna have a conversation? I need you to sit your ass down or I need to stand up. I don't allow anybody to intimidate you. I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck who it is, man, woman, child, whatever. Because those, it's the little things that you really miss and you overlook, and those are those things that you should have been paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like no man that's so easily free-flowing with the bitches and the holes. No. Because mm-hmm. that means some shit, something is bothering you inside of a woman. Maybe it was the way your mama or your granny raised your ass or didn't raise you. I don't know. Maybe you got woman issues, shit. That ain't for me to figure out. But with the hollering and the aggressive, we, women, we as women want an aggressive man, I guess a take charge man, but it's a difference of take charge and aggressive.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And Any man
3: still. that's, you know, quick and hot tempered, those are signs. Mm-hmm. Any man that says something Negative to you to kind of boost them up. That's insecurities. Yep, insecure men are explosive men. Yeah, and we all, you know, we all have insecurities. I don't care if you're a child, adult. That's understandable. But when it comes to, um totally trying to destroy a character somebody mm-hmm. that's when you need to the the fuck talk. on i don't give a fuck how fine he is or how rich he is you so has this like affected your ability to
2: date other men like do you do you find it hard to trust mm. are you in a relationship now <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll just leave that I'll way it is
3: yeah. not your fucking <laughs> we'll business <laughs> That's a fucking business, man. <laughs> But to answer the, the first question, <laughs> at first it did, um, I had to really learn myself um, because I had kind of that attitude like fuck the world, fuck men. Men don't do shit for us, but fuck us up. So I'm going to fuck y'all up before you fuck. You know, I had that kind of yeah. mentality. So I was using men and basically having my way with a man. Until I had to actually step into my adult self and actually, you know, seek counseling, seek therapy and actually learn how to date and learn how to actually date myself. A, a really good friend of mine gave me that advice. She said, you know, instead of trying to move on with another man and instead of looking for a man to be Mr. Wonderful or everything that he wasn't, date yourself. Yeah. get Fall in love with yourself.
2: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with You're us today. Welcome. And letting women know that what signs that they need to look for and that they don't have to accept this type of behavior. Like mm-hmm. We really appreciate
1: that. I've had uh, at least two abusive relationships. And one was with the person who had a criminal record. And the other was with the person who had no record at all. Mm-hmm. So it's really toss-up, mm-hmm. you know. These people come mm-hmm. in all shapes mm-hmm. and sizes. There's mm-hmm. no clear indication that someone's going to abuse you. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. And it's always hard to to say. You know what? Dang, I was listening to a podcast and they said, "Pay attention to this." You know, because when you're in it, it's so hard to really look at it without those blinders, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, because you know, the first time I was really young, second time I wasn't so young, but both times I remember feeling kind of stuck, you know, just like you were saying, I I felt like, well, no one's going to want me because that that was what the first person had told me. Well, no one's going to want you with this kid. No one's going to want you. And then the second person was like, well, I don't even know if I really want you because you've got that kid. Oh, so it was just like, you know, it's just. And that's abuse. Yeah, that and that's oh. and it was, and it it didn't get physical until like, the very end, mm-hmm. and at that point we were really fighting each other, because uh-huh. we were just so incompatible, and there was so much aggression there, and I, and I don't know why he was so aggressive with me, but he was, and mm-hmm. it was like I felt like I had to fight him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 No. I think Sorry.
2: that between um, Shantae's story and Christina's story, like some the similarities that I see are um, the isolation, mm-hmm. the negative talk. Um, I think that women need to be aware of those two things. Personally, I've never been in an abusive relationship. Um, I have had. A couple of fights with guys but it it was kind of like really random and it's like kind of like out of nowhere and our relationship stopped immediately like right then like one guy slapped me mm. I never I never talked to him ever again after that like I don't have anything else to say to you like I don't have any I don't have any problems with cutting completely cutting you off like that mm. like because if if I'm in a situation where I feel uncomfortable and I can't be myself around you, then I don't need to be with you. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing that you can tell me that will make me feel like being on my own is going to be worse than being with you. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's just a little bit of the difference between me and and Christina's and Christina and Shantae's situation. Um, not to make it seem like, you know, like, I'm any better. better mm. no, I'm not yeah. I don't want that to be conveyed or misconstrued because I'm not in any type of way saying that, but I think that that's just a little bit of a difference because um if you have somebody constantly feeding you information, you're going to eventually believe it. Yeah. You know, so I don't stick around enough to believe to feed into it and believe it.
1: You know what I think and and this is this is just my personal experience like my I had just gone through my dad passing it wasn't like just but I didn't deal with it Mm -hmm. I never grieved it so I was really in kind of a fragile state and I was I I think just feeling down about myself Mm -hmm. so any attention you get at that moment you're like wow this feels good so they bring you up really high they make you they put you on a pedestal first of course Then they, like you said, then they isolate you. They take you to a place where it's just the two of you. And, you know, everything's good then. Mm -hmm. And then they start to chop you up. You know, and one of the things
2: that really struck me with Shantae was that she, um, well, they had, like, a really short-lived relationship. And it was also long distance. So I don't think Mm. that the two of them really got, or she didn't really get the chance to fully get to know him. You know, that was one of the things that she reiterated like towards the end is that, you know, you really need to get to know the person that you're dealing with. Yeah. So I think that that causes a little bit of an issue because you don't, especially when it's long distance, you don't get get to know them. You don't get get a chance to see their behaviors fully. Right. Because you're not around them enough to know. So, I mean they're not in your space and you don't pick up on the little details right mm. to where it's like, Oh, wait, something may be a little bit wrong
1: with this with, situation. With this, yeah,
2: with this person. Like something like why is he why is he doing this
1: little thing? Or what you know what I mean? Like you know, I'll say this too. After that happened, I, I had to get a protective order and all sorts of stuff. I went to see a district attorney and she was like, you know, these are the things that you know, now that you've been through an abusive relationship, you're going to end up in another one.
3: Wow. And the
1: only thing, the, here's the reason why, because now you're conditioned to think that shit is normal. Mm. So you think it's normal to be wow. clocked constantly. You think it's normal for a man to want to rush into a relationship with you. Mm. You think it's normal for a man to force himself on you. You think it's normal for a man to tell you that you ain't shit, you know, all those things that she said. And I was like, Oh no. Cause like for several years I was like, um, you know, it's, Uh, And then I got into another relationship. Mm. And even though initially it wasn't like that, of course I was on the pedestal at first. At first I was great. But then just like you said, my family wasn't shit. I wasn't shit. I was trash. I was a bad mom. I was Mm -hmm. just another thing. Mm -hmm. So it was just like everything happened so fast. Like you just get so torn down so quickly. You don't even know how to deal with it. And you're like, well, should I leave? I should leave. But damn, can I afford to leave? Yeah. Fuck. I'm, I'm relying on this person. You know he's got me in here in this house when he's paying all the bills and blah blah blah, and it's just like you have to look out for those things. Wanting to rush into a relationship—that's number one thing. And of course, women were always like, "Well, why won't you commit to me?" You know what was what was the other hmm. girl um,
2: that we had on the show, Kim? Remember, he wanted to rush into the relationship. Yeah, he did as well. Like I think it was like what four months in, and and he asked her to get married, Kim, uh, hmm. to me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah um like yeah to marry her was like four months in i mean that wasn't that that was he was manipulative so i mean that was that's a form of abuse yes it is right so i mean that's the same thing like he was rushing into that relationship and it and that's the thing about it's like why are you rushing right like why do you need to like really put
3: up get a a lock and key on this right because that's that possession, right. possession and that control. It is. Because that's their insecurity. And it's insecure.
0: Yeah, I was about to say it's all rooted in insecurity. Yeah. So anytime that they feel like you're, like you said, a, a half a step better than them, they have to do something to tear you down to make yes. themselves feel better. But all you're doing is tearing yourself down when you yeah. tear somebody else
1: down. Okay, so how did you guys like the wine? I like. it. Well, y'all know we got to have some scores.
0: (laughs) You're not talking to me. (laughs) Why not? Because I like it or not.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to give it mm, 15. Only because I don't really care for Pinot Noir.
0: I love Pinot Noir.
3: Actually, I I didn't like it. Um, I didn't. The flavor, there was really no flavor to it. Right, yeah. Pinot Noir to me doesn't have. So a lot it's of flavor. it is
0: a Pinot Noir, so it's lighter in in texture and taste and everything, but it's n- it's a good wine, I think. Maybe to pair with something to eat, like yeah. maybe like a chicken or something not like to drink that, by like itself. not yeah. to just have it yeah. just drink by itself. No, because it was very like it didn't have a whole lot of flavor, exactly. there was no spice, there was it no was nothing. wood flavor, there were no hints of like normally you get blackberries and <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe black cherry, something like that. But I didn't get any no fruity, nothing right We've in this wine, so it was bit. very plain and very regular.
1: I gave it a fifteen because it was too like light it. for me. I feel like it looks like juice. It looks like juice and tastes it like, like it's Jesus juice. Tastes like water with a tonic in it. You know how water and yeah. tonic just tastes like yeah. flavorless but yeah. strong as fuck? That's what it, it felt like to me. Yep. Thank Pretty you. Much. That was that was a really good description. Felt like never mind, I'm not gonna go into it. I'm not gonna say it. I'll tell you later what I was gonna say. You can write it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay um, so I give this one a 17 um, <laughs> she's so sick of you <laughs> why do
4: you give it a 17 oh, please tell us
2: Excuse me now God. <laughs> so over this Um, I'm, I'm also really not a fan of Pinot Noir um, it did not really have much of a fragrance to it light that, it's kind of like watery to me. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's that's um, yeah, that's, that's just kind of how I take it tastes to me. It tastes colored kind of water. water. Like it kind of tastes <laughs> a little bit
1: watery. Um, <laughs> like it sort of like builds it up to like be this like like it's Kool Aid with no sugar. <laughs> yeah, right. like you're yeah, expecting it to be something, yeah, it t- yeah. and then you get it in your mouth yeah. and you're like, what is this? Yeah,
2: so it, it yeah, it doesn't really. Do much of anything, even like when you swish it around,
1: it's not it doesn't have a okay. This it is it's flavorless. Yeah. It might as well be a Bordeaux. But thank you, Danielle. Whoa, Bordeaux,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, <was
2: disrespectful. laughs> I actually
1: like some Bordeaux's, like, but we won't get into that. Okay. Well, you can find us at www.betweenusgirlspodcast.com. And make sure you check out all our previous episodes. And don't forget to head over to iTunes or Apple Music and leave a review. Whatever. (laughs) Apple Podcasts. I'm I'm not an iPhone user. All I fucking know is they change the shit. All right. So.
2: Bye.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us on Between Us Girls. But don't keep it a secret. Listen and share with everyone you know. See you next week.